Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Chris LaSalle. That would make me your other co-host, I'm David Stoker. Hey, David. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Glad it's Friday. Me too. Uh, uh, And I'm also glad that we are joined today by our guest, Dave Etchison. Hey, Dave. Hey. Hey. Welcome back for another fun-filled episode of Chekhov Speaks. (laughs) Stoker, you have got it in for him. Just the, just this movie. He was great in Wrath of Khan. He, he did a lot of good ear acting in Wrath of Khan. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> shrieking. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we're wrapping up the week. Uh, Dave, thanks for coming back and joining us. Uh, we're talking about Minute 15 of The Search for Spock. Minute 15 starts with Kirk saying, I'm on my way. And ends a minute later with an eerily familiar voice saying, you left me. That was my attempt at an eerily familiar voice. So where do we start? We start with more docking procedures. More, so much procedure and docking. Like just let them do it already. Just dock already. Yeah, we talked about this in, on Wednesday. I think you guys shut me down. I was like, so if I have the same question, if so, Kirk is leaving the bridge. The security alert. He's like, "I'm on my way. I gotta go. I'm gonna go figure out what the security alert's about in Spock's quarters." But before he walks off the bridge, he has to tell Sulu, "Continue docking procedure." I sir. What if he hadn't said that? What if he was distracted by, "Oh my God, something's going I, on." I don't think anyone would have taken over. I think they would have crashed right into Excelsior. Would yeah? Would Sulu just be sitting there like twiddling his thumbs, like, "I guess I'm gonna put the brakes on and wait till he comes back"? I just find this kind of that kind of stuff like. I mean, it's a good. You gotta get him off the bridge, I guess. But I think it's just procedural. I think it all goes back to just its procedure. I like the so, what if. What if? Go ahead, go ahead Dave. Dave. Oh, sorry. So I'm just wondering if uh, when he leaves the bridge, as soon as he's out of there, if everyone's just kind of sighing, you know? Oh, oh, thank God, the boss is out of, out of here. Get some work done now. <laughs> It'd be funny if the lights change from blue to like you know some flashing. They turn the music on. <laughs> Oh, that totally makes me think of uh, Robot Chicken. <laughs> I think they, I think they actually had a skit where, like Picard and Riker leave the the bridge, and they're like, the night crew's coming on. And it's like, they're all like partying and drinking beer, and they're like the cool crew. I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Feet up on the station. Yeah. So, but we yeah, do so get Kirk, some- yeah, Kirk leaves and. and- Stoker, your favorite actor here is yeah. He speaks uh, Russian. Speaks Russian. So anybody figure out what he's saying? I I do know what he says. Okay. He oh. says he says I'm not crazy. There it is, or it's right there. That's is, that bef- is that before Scotty says what? No. So I think he says I'm not crazy, and then Scotty looks at him, and then he goes, "It's not there. It is." He kind of points at the screen. Yeah. Why would he say that though? Who told him well, he was crazy? Why, yes, why say the line, and then why say it in Russian? <laughs> I don't get it. 
Is that a? Uh, I don't remember that being. A, is that a? That's not a character trait of Chekhov's, is it? Like if he gets. Is it something he does when he's nervous? You know, he just falls back to Russian, or I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I've. I'm sure he's sp- spoken Russian before. I'm sure this isn't the first time, but I can't think of a time when he's done it, or this is something he did a lot. I, I can't either. Dave, yeah, did I, you have this? Did you have the same translations? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, but yeah, I can't think of a single time when he spoke Russian in the show. I mean, they obviously make fun of it, and you know, the the big joke in the next one is you know when he calls them the nuclear vessels. I mean, we. They they poke fun obviously at the accent, but I don't think I've ever actually heard him speak Russian before, right. and I just find it very out of place a little bit. And and maybe to your theory, Chris, he is you know he gets a little riled up, and you know I'm not I'm not crazy, you know I don't know what you guys are talking about. What I didn't say that. And now that we're talking about it, I'm like I I think I would like to see him do that randomly, like do it more often. <laughs> So I, I do I do know in the Kelvin timeline that the actor you know who plays Chekhov would randomly say things in Russian. So I do know that's a thing, but I didn't know that that you know Walter did that in the role of Chekhov. I want to know if Scotty speaks Russian too because he's running over there like he knows what Chekhov is saying. <laughs> I kind of had that in my notes too, where I was like. What? Of all people to speak Russian to, is Scotty the last person you think would understand him? I think so. I, lo- I, lo- I love Scotty's little reaction too. Like, huh? What? Yeah. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell if he's like doing that because like I don't understand Russian. What are you saying? Or he's like, I understand you're saying you're not crazy, but why? I don't think you're crazy. Hard to tell. So, do the blueprints that they're looking at do they look hand drawn? They totally look like they're hand-drawn. I expect, yeah. I expect like, computer art here, you know, pretty precise. And I feel like I'm looking at, like, a hand-drawn map. Oh, yeah. It looks like a, a blueprint. Yeah. Like, like a literal yeah. blueprint where, you know, there's different shades of blue. And, uh, and this just looks like it's a bunch of rooms with toilets in it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we found the toilets on the Enterprise. Right. You'll know Barber. Okay, let's put the let's 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 pull up the you know the budget chart we've been keeping an eye on Stoker, and you know this this makes the, so make this makes this makes me think of the inconsistency in all of the displays, right? Because some of them look beautiful, yep, right, and uh, and some of them look like you know boogers like this, right? It's just. It's totally low tech, uh, you know. I, I don't think it would look so bad if we weren't looking at so close at it, but we're like we're right there. It's like taking up the entire screen. Like maybe yeah. if you were pulled back a little, you might not notice it. But when you're up close, you can you can tell they totally cheesed out on this one. Right. Well, let's not to. I'm going to do it. I'm going back to Wrath of Khan. Uh, Kobayashi Maru. Yep. The tactical display when you see the you know the gyroscope right. of of the Enterprise and they plot the course to the Kobayashi Maru and then the gyroscope zooms off screen and this beautiful high res you know graph like all this detail fine point detailing on the compass and everything. Uh, why can't I have that on all of these view screens? Yeah. No. That's what I'm. That's 
my main thing is like you have those great scenes and you have other other displays that look fantastic and I'm like you look at this one and you're like what like it looks like they took a blueprint you know of the enterprise that you bought at Spencer Gifts for 19.99 and they totally scanned it in and they're using that so do you think then do you think the different stations on the Enterprise Bridge, that maybe some of them have been retrofitted over the years and upgraded, and that some others haven't been, and maybe that's what we're looking at is like this is just, you know, this station still got the old CRTs while the other stations get the nice plasma screens. <laughs> maybe, but maybe did the Enterprise it. just go through a re- retrofit? Yes, it did in the motion picture. It did. I got nothing. So I don't buy that theory, man. I'm not buying it at all. I tried. For something that's supposed to be in 1984, supposed to look like the future, this looks like it came off of a a personal computer. Yes. In 1984. (laughs) Uh, Dave, what do you think? uh... I think you're giving it a little too much credit, man. I think it looks more like the inside of a Magic (laughs) 8-ball. Perfect. Nice. (laughs) Nice. All right. And with that, we shall move on. <laughs> That's great. Uh, we get to our obligatory Kirk running down a hallway shot. So before before we get to that, before okay, before so Kirk set, gives the order. He says, you know, he's gonna head down. Sulu says, "I sir, his hair looks perfect. His do is spot on." Uh, who's Chekhov's or Kirk's? Kirk's. I mean, it looks good. From back to front looks great. When he gets down and he's outside the door, I don't know if the running moved the hair. Something's not sitting right. Oh, yeah. It's like behind his ear, you mean? Yeah, it's like a little, you totally, and we've mentioned it before. We've asked guests, you know, whether or not we believe that the hair is real. This is one moment where it does not look real. Oh, dear. Hair continuity, that's a problem. <laughs> it just does not look... It totally looks like from him running down, it just like slightly shifted a little. <laughs> oh, man. Yep, I see it. Uh, <laughs> all that sweat eating away at the glue. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about him running down the hall now? Sure, go for it. couple things. Three things. Four things. No. A couple things. <laughs> jogging down the hallway. We always get to see him jog down the hallway, it seems like, which is which is fun. Yep. Um, we get to see the obligatory clipboard. And, you know, oh, yeah. Maybe it's just uh, background characters. They need to think of something else for background characters to do. I, I think it's okay if they're just walking down the halls, not holding anything in their hands. People do go from place, place to place without carrying stuff. Exactly, yeah. So... There's yet another clipboard. And then I am going to full-on nerd out uh, on this Spock's quarters is on C deck. And he just walked by a turbo lift that's labeled B. <laughs> so I, I, it's, it's, I'm going to blame, I'm not blaming, it's the podcast. I'm blaming the podcast for that. <laughs> Never would I have looked... Uh, 
but I he ran past the turbolift flag B. Well, if you look to the opposite side, it says A5. So is that a location in the deck, or is that the deck? I'm just playing devil's advocate here, because clearly there's other identifying markers here, so it's not just... Yeah, I appreciate that, Dave, I do, because there's no rhyme or reason. There's an A5, there's a 19, there's a 13, uh, no, a 3, there's a B on the door. I can't, I... I confess, and people, I'm sure our listeners know, I do not have the in-depth blueprint knowledge of <laughs> of how the enterprise is laid out. And I'm sure somebody knows. Oh, of course you're on section A5. What? Where? <laughs> Where? Who? Uh, so here's my my final thought. Sorry, not to my final thought here. This first shot of him running down the hallways in the hallways. I almost feel like I am in the Kelvin universe enterprise i'm looking for a lens flare because look how shiny everything is and how white everything is yeah i don't i don't remember the enterprise from rathacon looking like that no and it does it looks very shiny and bright and not what i expect and I, i i i agree and it's i mean I don't dislike it. It it looks cool to me, but it it also just it's it struck me as a wait a minute. This makes me think of the reboots, and I wonder if the reboots you know could have been inspired by this set in some way. Oh, I wonder. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Because really, the rest of the Enterprise doesn't look. Let's make a note to as we go through the minutes. You know, look at the look at the hallways and stuff. Is it is, does the Enterprise look like this in other shots? Yeah, is it a maybe this is a deck by deck thing? Maybe C deck just happens to look like this, and we've never been on C deck before. Maybe. Maybe that's why Spock liked it. It was it was awfully shiny, like his giant penny tapestry. Yeah, did that survive the last movie? We I don't know. We're about to find out, I guess. I guess so. So there's I, there's a lot to unpack in this hallway. I I have a lot of notes about the hallway. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about the, the, Keep going. the sound. Let's talk about the sound design. Right. When we're back on the bridge and Chekhov's uh, station is security alert fires, he starts hearing a you know a beep beep beep. Yeah, right. Uh, it's just kind of insistently playing in the background, and now Kirk is running down the hallway, and we're still hearing the same exact sound. And then we see that it's actually the little. It's a little alarm doodad on the side of Spock's corners. Yeah. Like, so the same, it, it makes the same sound as what we were hearing up on the bridge? That seems weird to me. And why is it, you know, the two, the two, I guess, guards, security is there in their awful Roman Empire outfits. Um, why don't they turn it off? They're there. We know that there's been a breach. Do they need to have it keep blaring? I, yeah, I I agree. Turn that thing off. I think maybe they're waiting for Kirk. He's kind of micromanaging in this movie. Maybe they want him to tell them to turn turn it off. But the, but then he goes in the but then he goes in the room to continue. The sound is now gone. It looks like it turns off as soon as he steps through the door. So I don't know if because he's so. passing by it. I wonder. I I find going, Dave, your micromanagement comment. I thought about that as well. Is 
uh, why are the two security guys letting the admiral go through the door first? <laughs> yeah, seriously. One, the admiral's unarmed. Two, he's an admiral. They're the security guards with their phasers drawn. Well, why don't they go through first? Well, these guys have a football game in the 1930s to get to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to add to that point, Chris, is the door clearly is not opening normally. Something clearly forced that door open at such a weird angle that, yeah, why would the Admiral go in first? Why is security not in there first? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm uh, Unless, you know, Kirk's orders were like, you know, hey, I ordered those doors sealed, and if any of you go in there, I'm going to you're in the brig, right? I'm, I've had it. So maybe they're just like, yep, you said don't go in there. So we're waiting for you to arrive. So I guess I'm, I'm going to ask the simplistic question here. So Chekhov has blocked the access to this door with the ever-powerful security tape. <laughs> Why do they not use a force field? I, I don't know. That's a great question. Clearly, they added on. They, this process involved security tape and sticking an alarm on the side of the wall. I mean, if there, we've we've mentioned it before about things that ground us into the today of when this was out, and this totally is a thing that would ground you. The security tape is clearly a thing. I mean, they use it today, at, you know, at police scenes and stuff. But I'm just like. It just looks so not futuristic. Not not at all. My thought on that is you know, Nimoy and the filmmakers. I don't know why I keep wanting to say filmmakers. And I just, let's just say Nimoy and Bennett, right? Harvard Bennett, producer, Nimoy director. Maybe they they wanted to show us that the show us that the door was forced. And if you just had the doors at that, you know. If you took away the tape and just had the doors at that those kind of weird angles, it would look weird. But having the ripped tape there, surprisingly, does make it look like the doors were damaged. Yeah. Do, you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe they've like, they're like, well, it doesn't look damaged enough. Throw some tape on it. Let's make it look like it cut. I don't know. But your question about shouldn't they just put a force field up? Yes, that's why didn't they just do that? Can we go back to Dave's description of the 1930s yeah. football players? And my f- my first question is, is this the first time we've seen the security guards in these outfits? Or I'm pretty sure we did not see any in Wrath of Khan, but I don't know if they no. may have made an appearance in, in the, the motion picture. picture. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember seeing any security guards in motion picture. The only place I would think we would have seen one may be when Spock steals the the suit to go out into space. Oh, maybe. Yeah, you might be right there. Uh, so, in addition to their helmets, did you notice their boots? That I did not notice. Oh, my God. Are they giant moon boots? <laughs> They're not. They... They they look like okay they're probably they're probably moon boots but they're like moon boots that are like ten times bigger than they should be. They, they totally look like how you would expect a cartoon character to have boots like ten sizes too big. 
they look like if I was going to draw a stick figure with with winter boots, that's the proportions you would have. You'd have a stick a stick leg and a gigantic boot, and that's what it looks like. <laughs> I don't get what that vest is supposed to protect them from. Uh, I don't. Yeah, but it's it's an odd choice. The, the helmets it just look so uncomfortable. Which one? The helmets or the, the chest the whole, plates? The whole outfit. Chest plate looks like it's got a pocket calculator built into it. <laughs> I just feel like, hey, I'm firing a phaser, man. I'm going to vaporize you w- whether you're wearing that or not. Yeah, the helmet. It, it's got to be like uh, cere- ceremonial kind of thing. Just it, It's for show. Like, I guess. Know, the, what, are the, what, are the, what are the guards? The, the guards? The... The Buckingham Palace. Oh, the not the beef eaters. It's the guys with the big giant hats, the big tall hats. Why can't I think of the names of those guys? I don't know. The Royal Palace Guards. They have those crazy hats. Maybe these are just the Federation's version of your security guard. You got to wear this crazy hat. Do you see people cosplay in this outfit? I think that would be a deep cut if you dressed up like that for Halloween. I think that would be interesting. But you know what? For all the poking of fun, you know, poking we are, it is it is kind of a cool look. Would you agree or not? It's very Star Trek. Yeah, I kind I do. I kind of like it. I think if I saw it too much, I'd be like, all right, too much. But this, you know, kind of brief, you know, brief, like, oh, that makes me want to know more. But I don't want to know more. <laughs> <laughs> we do have to talk about the phasers. Yes. So these are new phasers, right? This is not this is not the phaser that Kirk fried the No, they don't look the same. Deal with. So this is a new version of Star Trek phasers. Interesting that this took place this takes place hours or days later, you know, from Wrath of God and there's new new issues. So I don't know maybe because they're security they just get issued a different style style weapon. Uh but I do. I would like to see more of those, more close-ups of those, because those look like some pretty cool phasers. Yeah, um, I was thinking about that. I'm like, how would they get new phasers? But um, I don't know. Maybe they have different types of phasers for different. Maybe these are, since they're security guards, they're more powerful than the other versions. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe these only have stun available on them. Maybe they're not allowed to kill. Only Kirk gets that ability. Only Kirk gets that one. Shoot to it kill, looks shoot like to kill. it looks like a little bit of a callback to the, the original series phaser because it looks like it has the type, you know, the type one, you know, that little the little more handheld phaser that kind of yep. sits on top. It looks like they have the that that built into the top of them. Right. It's hard. It's hard to tell. You don't really get a good close look at it. I have a replica of this phaser. Really? Yeah, it does have that. Yeah, I wanted the Rathacon one to go with a Halloween costume, but I settled for the search for Spock because that's Rathacon ones are ridiculously expensive. But uh, so it, so you, so you have one of these? So I is it, I have two actually, but yeah. Now that's just excessive. Come on, uh, two costumes. <laughs> uh, is it is is it as cool as we're getting a hint of here? Uh, cooler. Cooler. No, it's it's a really cool phaser, and yeah, it's got the little top part that pops off, just like the originals. Makes really cool noises. It's it's worth picking up the replica. 
they're they're pretty cool. That's awesome. My eyes right now are bugging out of my head. I wish we were sitting in the same room so I could see it. <laughs> so does this uh, so so does, so does this phaser have more of a like a round like a rounded nozzle whereas the the Rathacon one was more wide and had like a wider beam. Does this does this have like more of a smaller beam coming out of it? Yeah, it does. It uh, it's it's really really reminiscent of the of the one from the TV show. Oh, very cool. Very cool. We'll have to keep an eye out. Um, we're going to see phasers, you know, later in the film yep. uh, to see if this is the same style that shows up later in the film. And uh, like phaser changes between films and series, mm. I'm a okay with. Just like I'm a okay with, you know, all the Klingon changes. <laughs> from movie to movie and, and series to series. Uh, this seems to just be something that the uh, producers and, and they just, they, they like to change these things. And this is the one that seems to change all the time. Uh, but let's, let's keep an eye out to see if that's the same one that we're, that, you know, gets used later in the film. Yeah. I'm looking at some pictures and just, this looks fantastic. I mean, I like the original one, but this just takes the original and just makes it cooler. I will say I'm, I'm I'm glad that it does not have the little Kelvin universe thing that just flips from stun to kill. Oh yeah, I hate that thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get back into the minute. I told you there was a lot of stuff to unpack in that hallway. Clearly. So so Kirk enters enters Spock's quarters, and the music immediately switches to. Uh, Spock's theme from Wrath of Khan, and the, the last the, the last time we heard it, I think the last time we heard it was in Spock's quarters. It may have been at Spock's funeral. Yep. Um, but we get Spock's theme starting up again, and I get a little bit of goosebumps, uh, get a little bit of emotions going, um, and then we hear the vo- oh, well. I guess there's, there's a lot of Kirk, you know, freaking us out. <laughs> He's you know walking around the darkened room. He turns on a light, but he's starting to walk into the room, and I'm just waiting for someone to jump out and grab him. <laughs> uh, uh, but we hear a voice. Jim. Whose voice is me. it? Yeah, you left me. Uh, what do we think about the voice? Is it? Is it? Is it Spock? Is it Leonard Nimoy? I think we are meant to believe it is. In this moment. We're gonna have so. to talk. You think so? You think it's Leonard Nimoy's voice doing yeah, it? I think so. I mean, he was there. <laughs> well, it's it's something like I'm asking the question. It's obviously a, it's a leading question because yeah. we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about it in later minutes. I do not believe this is Nimoy. I believe this was uh, DeForest Kelly doing a so fantastic you, impression. Okay, that's okay. I think that's the I think that's the debate. Is it Nimoy or is it is it Kelly? Um, and I go back and forth. That's why I said I think we're meant to believe that it is Spock by how it sounds, but I just I don't necessarily believe that it's Nimoy. I just don't. It it does. It sounds it sounds really good, but I don't think it's him. Just my opinion. Till proven wrong. <laughs> well, I always enjoy that, so I'll try and figure out if I can prove you wrong. Uh, I'm surprised that Kirk doesn't freak out 
I would have freaked out. Right? Just, you know, it's not somebody jumping out at him and grabbing him, but to hear... Well, I don't know if he's not he's not freaking out, but he's certainly, like, his eyes are bugging out a little bit. I mean, he's walking into a room that was closed, that the doors have been ripped apart. It's barely light in there. He's walking through some black light. And then, you know, his he's, he's like, looking around, and his eyes are, like, bugged out. I think he's a little scared. Yeah, I agree. I don't... I don't. I agree. He looks. He looks scared. I just don't feel like there's. I, I think I would have enjoyed to see more of us. You know, him being startled by hearing a voice, right? And especially that voice. But he just kind of continues, like, "All right, this this whole scene's freaking me out." And voice or no voice, I'm freaked out. Do you think he can see for uh, where the voice is coming from, from where he's standing? Oh, I do. I totally believe he can see exactly what's going on. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to say the minute cuts off at him. Yeah. There's there's payoff next week, but not oh, today. It's a perfect cutoff. <laughs> and and unfortunately, uh, Dave, it looks like we do not get to see the 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 penny. Penny the penny tapestry. The penny tapestry. Oh well, I'll survive. But yeah, so. Uh, that really takes us to the end. We do we, we do we hear this this do we hear what sounds like Spock's voice. Jim, help me! You left me, but the minute cuts off. So, so we I don't hear the rest of it. I don't necessarily remember. I mean, I I vaguely remember maybe seeing this in the theater, but I can almost imagine like the emotion of seeing this the first time and being like, "Oh my god!" Like, what? Like, is that is that him? Like I can totally, see, I can totally see myself believing that he's listening, whether he's going bananas or just you know, or someone's there. I, I almost am intrigued by the possibility of what this could represent. Like there's there's a life form. Kirk's hearing voices. Yeah, it is. It's I I complete. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I completely agree with it. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, like a. <laughs> What is happening? Is it a ghost? Is yeah. it is is Kirk going crazy? Is what is it? It's it it's really well done. I mean, even the again the payoff. We'll have to save it for for the next minute. But even the payoff is still still leaves you with questions. Right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, it's well done. That's all the notes I had for this minute, guys. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good. Well, Dave, this was this is your last your last day this week. We, you know, you've been you've been you've been with us for our our big three minutes. Um, I'm just wondering before we before we let you go, is you know, since we're still early on in the film, is there any? Do you have any? Do you want to share any favorite moments that that you have from Star Trek Three? We we Dave and I might not be able to comment on it, but you know, <laughs> do, you have, do, you have a, do you have a favorite scene that has either happened or may happen later? Uh, I love. I like all the Christopher Lloyd bits in this movie. I think he really sells it, and I love the part toward the end when the uh, when he hears the countdown coming through from his guys on the ship, and he starts yelling "Get out of there!" at them, and I can't watch it without just just kind of cracking up in a good way. It's it's a scene that I really love. It's kind of the con of this movie, I think. It's, it's funny you say that. I, I think I was almost about to ask that. That seems to be so already seems to be the most 
quoted thing that's been thrown at us when people when we when we talk to people about star right, trek yeah. 3 usually people the first thing they say is get out of there <laughs> uh so uh oh, that's pretty funny so yeah so so you so you like commander crew oh i love them awesome well cool well um yeah well then i guess we're uh i guess we're done here guys so why don't we uh uh wrap it up and enjoy the weekend so dave we just want to thank you again for for being on this week and and joining us uh we had a lot of fun and um uh, we'd be stupid not to thank you for being here this week. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. This is, this is a real blast. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, when we, uh, uh, we'll, we'll I, like I said, I think we'll be talking about more films that you like more Star Trek films that you like better than this one. So, um, uh, maybe we'll have you have you back for, for one of those. Oh, that'd be great. So, folks, we just want to give you a little sneak peek of another project that Dave and I are, are participating in. Uh, coming soon to a podcast near you, we are going to be uh, helping out on the Die Hard Minute. The Die Hard Minute is a new podcast that is covering the uh, Bruce Willis film Die Hard, and uh, it's actually being done by uh, several teams of other Movies by Minutes hosts. Um, and we, uh, we got invited to participate and we are going to be, uh, featured on a couple of weeks of minutes and, uh, that's coming in September. And if you're looking for more information, you can find out more at diehardminute.com. Uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and, uh, hope you guys, uh, check it out. Yeah. It was very, very cool to work on. Very excited. Absolutely. Absolutely. Weird not talking about science fiction, but, uh, but, a but a fun project. Yep. Um, and fun working with the with the other uh, movie movies by minutes teams. So so yeah so we'll uh, ch- uh, definitely check that out in uh, coming in September. And uh, we're going to be back here again on Monday with minute sixteen of the search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. <laughs>